Hey guys, welcome to Treat Up Podcast with hosts Kevin Atwood and Stephen Skaggs. Brought to you by Wild Leg Productions. Hey everybody, welcome back to Treat Up Podcast. Uh, I'm flying solo right now, but on the phone, I do have the Milam Brothers. And if you could, guys, go ahead and uh, let everybody know a little bit about yourself and who they're talking to. Uh, yes, sir. I'm Dylan Milam. Uh, I'm 22 years old, and I'm from Corbin, Kentucky. And I'm uh, Daniel Milam. Uh, I'm Dylan's brother. I'm from Corbin, Kentucky also. Awesome, awesome. And how long have y'all been into the squirrel hunting game? Uh, about seven, eight years now. Awesome. Awesome. Good job. I've got a, but I've, we've got a buddy. If, if you've listened to the podcast, Mr. Tyler, he just actually, he turned 24 and he's just got his first squirrel dog. So we're just kind of getting him, getting his feet wet with it right now. But, uh, you guys have, uh, you've been burning the uh, Facebook up with some pretty good dogs, uh, here lately. Uh, before we get into too much about you guys, tell us a little bit about, uh, I think Rambo and sister. Uh, yes, sir. Uh, that's uh, our two dogs that we're hunting now and campaigning. Uh, he's a three-year-old Rambo, and uh, sister is a five-year-old. And that's our main two dogs we're focused on this year. And we actually got a litter of pups off of Rambo that we're going to campaign some in the junior hunts this season. Oh, awesome. That's great. Now, Rambo is, I, I'm afraid to say, what's he out of? Uh, he's off of Ling Langley's uh, cash dog and the bell female. Okay. Okay. And, and him and sister... She says sister, but I'm assuming that's not his sister. Uh, no, sir. Uh, they're different. Uh, he's actually a gator bred dog, and she's a um, Johnny Rocket bred dog, top and bottom. Johnny Rocket. Okay, you hear a lot. To hear that. Hear a lot about that name and Lee Langley. Well, guys, if you could go ahead and let us know a little bit about how you how you got started in the sport. I think you said you've been in it for seven or eight years. So uh, let us know how you how you come about to getting started in it. Uh, yes, sir. Uh, we've always, uh, like, hunted and stuff with her dad growing up and, like, sitting under the tree, squirrel hunting and deer hunting, things like that. But we started watching on the Kentucky Field Show and ran across someone uh, hunting a squirrel dog. And we didn't even really know that they had squirrel dogs at the time. And we were kind of lost and thought it was interesting and got into contact and tried finding a dog. But wasn't having much luck so uh i reached out to a couple of local hunters around the area and they had pointed out to get a, uh, a hold of the high forest tree dog club in uh, lawrenceburg tennessee mm-hmm. and um, i gave them a call and talked a little bit about him he didn't have anything available at the time but a started pup and i was where i was getting into it you know i wanted something a little bit further along and uh he actually had reba the dog that i got now at the time, he didn't really want to sell her because that was he was going to had plans for the breeding program. I was fortunate enough to talk him into acquiring her and letting her go, and that's when I first got her, and that's what got her started into it. What was Reba again? Uh, she was a mountain cur. Mountain cur. Okay. So where did you go after Reba? Uh, it was a Danny boy. It was a feist dog. We okay. got him from uh, Chris Lomax in Lawrenceburg, Tennessee as well. Okay, good. Now, we'll get into the cur dogs. Of course, currently that's what you have, but uh, I understand you've had some pretty, or you guys have had some pretty good vice dogs, I believe. You had uh, the uh, the one you just mentioned, and I believe you had Tesco V. Yes, sir, and uh, Rocky Top Rio. R- Rocky Top Rio. Now, Rocky Top Rio, I don't know a lot about him. 
were him and, and Tesco, were they uh, of same bloodline or? They was uh, sort of the same bloodline. Uh, he was actually off a of Cool Whip, which is uh, Dexter's dad. Okay. So that was his uncle, basically. Tell them what bloodline uh, Tesco V was off of. Uh, Drake's Creek Dexter and the Rip It Up Rose. Same okay, yeah, that's right. That's right. And t- but now Tesco V, he was, uh, was he not a same uh, bloodline as Pig? I guess, sir. Uh, he's actually a full litter makes the pig. That's know? what, yeah, that's what I thought. Yeah, I, I, by the time people listen to this, I don't know when it'll be, but I don't know if you've seen my post last night. I was kind of um, dressed my dog up as a pig, so <laughs> yes, get sir, a little hard time. You, you, uh, you went to the, the cur dogs, but uh, tell us a little bit about hunting feist dogs and how, how they hunted, and I, I guess explain why, you, why you've ended up going with the cur dogs. Um, I've hunted the feist dogs, and I really liked them, uh, real small, and uh, they tend to hunt a little bit closer to most of them compared to a cur dog, and on a bad day, I just, I've noticed, like, around here, our game is really scarce, mm-hmm. and uh, the feist dogs just ain't got the kind of nose to treat on the colder stuff to go find a squirrel on, like, a bad day and stuff, but I can't say that about all feist dogs, because, like, uh, Rio, he was a dog. He hunted just like any cur dog out there that I had. Yeah, now Rio, you you uh, if, if I understood you right, you hunted him in some open hunts. Yes, sir, we did. I thought we so. done pretty good with him. Uh, just didn't have much luck uh, at the Owington, Kentucky club uh, that we went to. They ain't really got much game down there, and it's a lot of hounds. Mm-hmm. And he just really didn't do well at that time. Okay, yeah. Now, did you you got Rio? Uh, you didn't get him as a pup. You may have already said that you. Was Rio ready to go uh, when you got him? Yes, sir. Uh, we got him from uh, Eddie O'Dell in Tennessee. And then Tesco V, um, did you did you hunt him in some competitions? Uh, no, I didn't get to hunt him in no competition hunts. We got him and stuff, and uh, we hunted him some, but he just really couldn't perform the way he should down here where the game was the scares and mm-hmm. things. He just didn't hunt right. Now, you're, the, the feist dogs you had, were they good about staying on the tree and, and barking up on uh, the tree? Yes, sir. The ones I have, uh, they've all been pretty good tree dogs. The only one, uh, my Danny dog, like if it was a den tree or too cold, he would move along. He was more of a like a gun type dog, but that's the way they trained him. They trained him to where when you shot the squirrel out, it hit the ground. He'd just go off and go find another one. He wasn't necessarily like competition trained and things like that. Yeah, we talked a little bit about that on another podcast. Actually, I don't think it's aired yet, but... Uh... You know, that's one thing we don't go over a lot, but it it, it just helps that dog stay treed. You know, I, I, my little dog, I think I told on one show where uh, the squirrel timbered out and another dog caught the squirrel, took off with the squirrel, and I was impressed because that little feist dog I have, he just, uh, he wandered off about 10 yards from the tree, but as soon as that dog took off with the squirrel, he went back to the tree and started treeing again. So I thought, man, you know, I, I've not seen that in a feist dog before, but I was impressed. Yeah. Now, do you guys do a fair amount of pleasure hunting, or are you sticking to the competition only? Uh, we do pleasure hunting. Mostly, we do a little bit of both, but every time we go pleasure hunting, we do it in a competition setting, like leaving the dog's tree two minutes before walking to them and things like that. Oh, yeah, yeah. Now, I've started doing my, that myself. I think just to get a better dog, or, or I think when you go out, and we see this more on Facebook now with people talk about it, you know, everybody tries to improve on their dog. In some way, you know, when you're out, and if you're if you're not trying to improve on your dog, then I think you're 
you're missing a good opportunity, you know, when you're out there with your dog to, to kind of pay attention to him and watch him and things that you can do better yourself, you know. So I, I don't I don't think you should miss that opportunity every time you take your dog out. You should be trying to improve on him in some way. But uh, you guys have had a pretty good year this year so far to competition hunts. Am I right? Yes, sir. I thought so. Um, and uh, are you – do you guys, when you go, do you take both your dogs? Or are you putting both your dogs in the hunts? Or are you just, uh, are both of you hunting one dog? Or how are you doing that? Uh, we, we usually uh, enter both of our dogs. Uh, the last time, though, we couldn't uh, hunt sister because she had actually came in heat on us. Mm-hmm. So we, uh, she missed that hunt. But most of the time, we bring both of them when we go. I talked to you on the phone. What was the last hunt you just went to? Uh, it was the NSD Ohio hunt. Okay. And how'd that go? Uh, he done, he done pretty good. He got a top four at that hunt. Okay, yeah. Now, a sister in that hunt? Uh, no, sister wasn't at that one. Just Rambo. So the 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 litter you're getting ready to have? Are you guys gonna are you guys gonna keep pups out of that and train them up yourself and and have them ready to hunt? Uh, yes, sir. Uh, that's actually our plan for uh, later on in the season, like in uh, her uh, her February cycle or a March cycle. We're planning on crossing a uh, sister to Rambo and. We're really uh, going to push those pups hard and train them and get them ready for next season. Right now, we have a litter off of uh, our first squirrel dog, uh, Reba and Rambo, and they're about uh, five and a half months old right now, and they're doing really good. I got a female off the litter and a male, and they've all been showing really good signs and uh, really turning on, and we're planning on campaigning them this season in the junior hunts. Now, when you guys are, are off, and, you know, a lot of times I don't think I talk about this, but when you're not uh, competition hunting, how often do you try to put your dogs in the woods and, and, and actually hunt them? And when you do, how long are you hunting these dogs? Usually about four to five days a week is what we hunt. And we usually try going about three times a day, like uh, morning, uh, midday, and evening. And usually about an hour and a half to two hours on each. Oh, okay. So together about six hours of hunting. Yeah, and when you go on the midday hunts, I'm saying, is that just, you know, for the squirrels, it's hard to find, hard to, tur- you know, a little bit more uh, of a challenge? Really, uh, it's just a challenge on the dog to help uh, build confidence in, like, a dog's nose and to get them to shoot through there because a lot of dogs like midday and stuff, when there's nothing down, they won't uh, go off hunting and stuff, and you got to build your dog up to it, you know, like, when there ain't nothing moving and stuff, he's supposed to go on and go look for one. It yeah. just helps with the dog's confidence. Oh, yeah. Now, how far how far are your dogs hunting out? Uh, usually anywhere from between 70 yards all the way up to 1,000 yards. It just depends, but most of the time, 500 or under. Yeah. I've been impressed to brag on him a little bit, the little dog I've got. Now, I'm not going to say he can hunt out with the – a lot of the other dogs, but uh, one thing he does, and I, I posted a picture of it on my Facebook. He, I, I took him out. Um, I, it was I can't remember if it was a midday hunt or not, but you know he'll get out there six, seven hundred yards, no problem. And that, you know, that I guess that's good in a way, but in a, another way, I wonder sometimes how much it tires him out being a feist dog. You know, he's 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 not got the long legs and the, and the gears that some of these dogs have. So, you know, when he hunts out that far, I, I try not to hunt him too awful long. But, I'm impressed with what he's doing so far. Now, you you guys say you hunted the the, the feist uh, dogs in hunts, and you've hunted the cur dogs. You know, if you can't take a minute to think about this, and and I'm just wondering because I've never done either as far as being in a hunt. But uh, 
what what's what's some of the uh, the differences you see in the hunts? You know, are are these are some of these feist dogs really ranging out far and staying treed up? But obviously, there's some differences there. If you could just hit on some of those, the ones I've seen, they tend to hunt closer than most of the other breeds. And the only thing really that's hard with the feist that I've seen is being independent. Not all like the barger line and stuff like that. But they hunt more like a cur dog, but I'm just mainly talking about mostly fights, like mountain fights and stuff like that. They're just, when like a hound or something would go in there and tree real quick, mm-hmm. they would be with them, you know, rather than going off and being by themselves. They're just, I guess you would say, not really independent at times, you mm-hmm. know, like when game and stuff aren't moving. Yeah, kind of like what they call a me too dog. Yeah, yeah. yeah I've, heard, I've heard them talk about stuff like that before. Back on Rambo real quick. Can you tell us so uh, what all has he won? He, he is he has he got some wins under his belt right now? He is actually a two-time world champion. He was the 21 uh, UMCA Junior World Squirrel Champion and uh, 2022 UMCA Senior World Squirrel Champion and a four-time state champion. Arkansas State, Kentucky State, and Tennessee State. He's a UMCA Squirrel Champion and a OMCBA squirrel champion and a grand squirrel champion. Okay. And what about sister? Uh, yes, sir. Uh, she's actually a UMCA squirrel champion and a two-time Mississippi state squirrel champion in UMCA. Okay, good deal. She just hasn't been really campaigned really hard, and that's what our plans was this season with her. Now, how old, if I don't think I've asked this already, how old are Rambo and sister? Uh, Rambo's a three-year-old and sister's a five-year-old. Am I am I dreaming this up, or do you have a, a pup off of our, our younger dog that's maybe five months old? Or uh, uh, yes, sir, uh, it's off of Rambo. We call him Rambo too. Okay, how's he coming along? Uh, he's uh, doing really well. Uh, I, I've seen a lot of the same stuff, but like his dad uh, getting treed real quick and locking down, and that's mainly our focus this year. Is maybe we're going to put him in the OMCBA Junior uh, World Hunt next month. Okay. Now, did y'all bring him up and start him yourself? Uh, yes, sir. We did. And he's how old is he now? I said he's around five. Uh, he's five and a half months old right now. Okay, great. Now, how what when did he start treeing? Uh, he started treeing when he was about three and a half months old, four months. <laughs> That's great. That is great. Now, did he tree naturally? Did was you just taking him out, or how how did that come? Uh, along? I was just carrying him to, carrying him to the woods, and uh, one day I just sit back and. He just come treed not even 60 yards from me and just locked down. I mean, I was just, I was at a loss for words. Uh, and after that, he just like took off like he was an old dog, like he'd been doing it for years. Ain't that something? It's crazy. You know, people talk about it all the time when the, the it's like a switch that flips in these dogs, you know, when they figure it out. And, you know, we say they figure it out, but obviously they're still, you know, they still learn every time you take them. It's, and I, we've talked yeah. about that before too. People talk about a finished dog, and you know, I talked to a, a dog man one time, and I, I'm, hopefully we'll get him on this show. But you know, he said, "I people say a finished dog, but he said I've never seen a finished dog because every dog I've ever had has learned something from the day I, I got him until the day he, you know, he passed away. You know, every time I went out, you know, that dog, you know, they get better and they get, you know, they get to a point where uh, I think even he said, you know, some of these dogs get to a point where." It's not really boring, but when you take them out, they're, they've learned so much and they're doing so good, you, you're, you're pretty much just walking behind them and either shooting squirrels or just walking to their trees, you know, once they once they get it all put together. But, you know, they're always learning something, and I think, you know, I think that's important to remember. Now, you got you guys, I talked to you um, 
on the phone. I think the other day you guys are heading up to a hunt. Is it this weekend coming up? Uh, yes, sir. It's uh, this weekend. It's the Georgia State hunting on CPA. Okay. And one one question I get, because they don't always post the scorecards. If you had to pick a, a number of a score that you could keep that would just be consistent across the board to every hunt, you know, because I, I, I'm just curious, you know, a, a lot of these hunts, what is, is I know it varies some, but what score what score typically wins? You know, how many how many squirrels are you are you seeing, or how many squirrels uh, are you treeing? Usually about one or two squirrels and about five or six dens is what mostly what I've seen consistently was what wins they cast most of the time. Really, just the places that they go, there's just not much game mode. Yeah, yeah. You know, I think I heard I forget who it was talking. They would take. Uh, uh, three, I think they said they would take three hundred plus points to every hunt they go to, and be surprised at how many they could actually win. And so I, I, I thought that was impressive because you know a lot of times you, and we talk about it a lot. You hear about these competition dogs, and you just feel like they're going out there and putting up twelve hundred plus points every time they go. And I'm like, man, if you had a dog that would do that, I have a feeling you'd have a, you'd have something on your hands. Now, do you guys, uh, do you guys ever coon hunt your dogs? Uh, no, sir. We haven't ever coon hunted before. We just mainly squirrel hunt. Okay, I hear a lot about the combo dogs, and I didn't know. You're, you guys are from? Are you guys from Corbin? Uh, yes, sir. We are. That's We're right. only about uh, thirty minutes from Jellicoe, Tennessee. Oh, okay, okay. And when I when I think of Corbin, for some reason, I think is there a lot of guys up there that do coon hunt? Uh, yeah, there's quite a few coon hunter uh, guys up here. Uh, you got um, I can't think of his name, J.R. Gray with the Rack and Willie dogs. Mm-hmm. I've always been told, though, that's what really drove me away from uh, hunting my dogs on coon. They say uh, when you hunt them at night and stuff, they'll get the coon on their mind more than the squirrel during the daytime. And, like, if you're around any, like, water or creek banks or something like that, they'll be working up uh, coon trails and mm-hmm. stuff and instead of hunting squirrels. Yeah, I, you know, I've always I've always heard that myself, and I think we've talked about that before because – People say a lot of times, uh, even when they're squirrel hunting, a, a dog will have a, I guess, a hotter nose for coon or, or get to liking the coon more because, you know, they, they, they are a little hotter. I'm sure they carry a little more scent than a squirrel does. But obviously with a feist dog, I'm not interested in I mean, If he trees a coon, that's fine. But the last thing I need him is to get in a, a scuff with a raccoon. Cause he's, yeah. he, I think he weighs probably 20, 24 pounds right now, 23 pounds. So that good-sized coon would put a whooping on him pretty big so tell us a little bit uh, about how your dogs or how you like your dogs to hunt and another question i've got is do you have any plans to uh do you ever have any plans to maybe get another feist dog and try them or are you going to stick um, with what you got and the, um, the plans are right now um i'm not really sure uh, we may just stick with the curves but we actually still have feist dogs to this day that's what my dad and mom hunt they use those for, like, pleasure hunting and stuff. Um, my, I still got my dog, Danny, still this day, and uh, we actually got the micro female from uh, Jeff Barnes, and that's what my mom and dad hunt is the feist dogs. Like, when we go out, they'll take their feist hunting. Oh, okay. Okay. And what, what line of feist are these? What? Uh, uh, atomic and uh, <clears throat> coolie bred dogs. Atomic, okay. So do they raise, are you guys, do they raise the litters off these dogs or are you just? Uh, uh, <laughs> yes, sir. Uh, they do. Uh, they cross uh, Danny and Micro. Uh, usually uh, they try once every so often to get a litter of pups and raise. And we actually got a pup off of them right now that uh, my mom's hunting uh, named Yogi. And that's what 
she's hunting most of the time. Awesome. That's great. Now, are these dogs, uh, for a feist dog, how do they hunt out? Usually they hunt about three, 400 yards and kind of hunt in circle patterns around you. And they're really accurate dogs, but like they're not going to make trees on a bad day just to make trees. Mm -hmm. is, and is that something you notice, <clears throat> excuse me, is that something you notice uh, with the cur dogs more so than the feist as far as making trees, you know, just to, just to make a tree? Uh, not really. Like the curs, I've I've had some people say they just get treed to get treed, but I've beat on the den trees that they've been treed on, and squirrels run out of them. I I feel like a cur dog's nose is just stronger than a face, in mm -hmm. my opinion. Yeah, yeah, and I think you know, I, I'm sure there are dogs that do that, but uh, you know, I've, and I've hunted for a long time. I've hunted since I was probably, I'm 44 and hunted since I was just a kid, but. You know, I think, and I'm sure there are dogs, like I said, that do get treed to get treed, but, you know, I think there's can be a lot that goes on before we get to the tree that involves a squirrel. You know, they, they could timber out any time of the year. Things can happen, you know, so, and, and I, if, if you never squirrel hunted a lot, if you're getting into it now, if you're like me and Steven gives me a hard time, I'm not the best at spotting these things and a, a gray squirrel, especially, man, they can hide in the craziest of places and be just about impossible to locate. I'm the same way. Uh, really, the most of the time, the reason I see them is I get a 22 and shoot up in the tree a little bit to get them to timber and move, and that's mm -hmm. the only way I see them most of the time. Yeah, yeah I, I've, I've shot a lot of shotgun and 22 shells doing that same thing myself. Now, one thing that helps me, and I don't know if you guys use them or not, do you guys ever utilize the thermal? Uh, no, uh, we're actually fixing to get one. That's what I was going to actually do later on today was order one. Oh, yeah, yeah. Uh, what kind are you guys going with? I think it was an AGM uh, 25 is yeah. the one that we was looking at. Yeah. Yeah, I I think that's the one Stephen has, I believe. And if I'm right, uh, I've got the uh, – I can't even think of what model it is. It's the lowest one they make because I just wanted to kind of get my feet wet and see if I like it. And I kind of regret that now. I wish I'd have bumped it up and maybe went with the 25 or something a little bit bigger because there's a when we take both theirs out, there's a noticeable difference. You know he could he can find some squirrels that show up on his that don't show up on mine and then when you're trying to when you're trying to find that and I'm I'm thinking they let you utilize these in the hunts don't they? Uh, yes, sir. They do. I wasn't sure if they you know how that works because I know in some of the rules it's I think it says uh, that uh, I guess the same effort has to be given at every tree. So I'm assuming if you yeah. use that thermal on one tree, you've got to continue to use that on every tree that's made involving any dog. Yeah, I think uh, they made that rule in NKC, I'm pretty sure, because it was an unfair advantage is what they said. And mm -hmm. they they said, like, if one person should use it, they, it should be allowed in the whole cast or nobody should be able to use it. Yeah, and I, I could totally see that. You got you got a lot on the line, especially yeah. in some of these hunts. I mean, that's uh, – and that's a significant advantage, uh, it w especially when it's colder. Now, if you guys haven't used them, I'll tell you, and you probably already know, but obviously the colder the better uh, – that uh, if you've got a, a, a halfway warm day when the sun is shining down on the leaves on the trees or anything like that, it uh, it makes a difference. But uh, I've had a few days where I went with mine and uh, my dog would tree up, um, and man, it, they just stick out like a sore thumb. And it, you know, it's there's days when the sun's out and it's a little warm and they don't work quite as good, and you're ready to throw it in the lake. But <laughs> they uh, about like anything else. 
Now, when you guys are pleasure hunting, are you guys shooting squirrels out to your dogs, Rambo and sister, or are you letting them tree and, and, and move on, or how you handle that? Uh, we usually uh, shoot the squirrel out to them, but we, I don't usually like giving them a squirrel a lot because it just gets most dogs, too, a little bit too greedy and not wanting to, like, tree on cold or scent and stuff, and that's why usually I don't like giving them very many squirrels. When you guys, and I ask this question every episode, because uh, I always like to know everybody's opinion. When you guys have Rambo or even your feist dogs or whatever dogs you were hunting, when they make a tree, are you leashing these dogs to the tree or are you letting them, you know, are you letting them go in without leashing them to see if they stay on the tree? How you handle that situation? Um, most of the time, uh, I time, but at times I'll leave them untied and just watch them just so if they do we'll go to mess up or something, I could correct them because out of hunting stuff, you can't always, like, leash your dog and stuff because you don't know how long you're going to have to walk and stuff and be mm-hmm. to them. And I just leave them working sometimes and just watch them. When you, do, when you correct your dogs, when, if you don't mind to talk about it, we ask, we usually ask a little bit about correction and training and things like that. But let's say your dog is loose on the tree. Uh, what what process are you using to, to, to kind of, help him along or let him know what you want him to do or to, to get him a little tighter on the tree? Actually, uh, both of my dogs are uh, collar trained to a, a, um, a shot collar. Mm-hmm. And you don't have to use it on high or nothing, just like on a low one or two, mm-hmm. and just give them a small bump. And once you bump them, they automatically know to get back on the tree and tighten up. The little dog I have, I'm thankfully, I've not had to, to use that on him any uh I forget what happened here a while back. Oh, I was telling, a, I told that on a, a podcast, but uh, um, he made a tree. And, well, it was a tree that where the other, the other dog grabbed the squirrel, and, and uh, they caught it, and we were probably 40 yards from them, and, and they were running back to me. Man, you know, I, it was all I could do. I got so mad at him because I thought he left the tree. And uh, yeah. I was ready to I was ready to light his world up, you know, because I was mad. But I keep mine. I've got the dog tree system, so it's on my phone, and I keep it turned down to a one. That way I've kind of got to think before I use it. But uh, lo and behold, the only reason he left the tree was because the other dog had caught the squirrel, and he was just chasing him, you know. But uh, immediately when we got in there, he kind of – he just – I didn't even have to correct him or anything. He just went back to the tree and started treeing again, which, uh, you know, that would have been a situation where I would have totally messed up, you know. And They really never knew. Like any of my dogs, I really never do it just – like if they ain't spitting enough out barks and stuff and ain't training hard enough, I might give them a little bump. But other than that, usually I don't never do it unless, you know, they get crazy or something, but it's really rare. One thing, uh, and I don't know if I've ever asked anybody this, but for those listening that are new and getting into this, and I just talked to a gentleman the other day that uh, is, is fixing to get his first, uh, his first dog or pup, actually. But um, if you guys could explain to everybody – what the, what the difference is as far as, as hunting out and the difference is between a hot nose and a cold nose dog and, and which one you prefer if there is one? Uh, well, uh, a hot nose dog, uh, what I call a hot nose dog is he's going to tree squirrels that was in those trees or on the ground within, he was in that tree at least five minutes or less. And then a, a, what I would say a medium nose dog, um, they can tree layups and stuff that's been. Uh, 15, 20 minutes ago, mm-hmm. and a den and stuff, and then your colder nose dogs, that's like your hounds and stuff, and they can train on stuff that's, shoot, uh, a day a day old, mm-hmm. you just really never know. Yeah, yeah, 
Yeah, and it, that that always impresses me. Of course, you know the hot nose. You know, I think especially one even, you know, and even a feist can can be a cold nosed dog. I'm not saying they can't, but uh, that's one thing that impresses me is some of these the, the noses these dogs have on a cold track. You know, especially or if they can go in and determine you know this squirrel. And I've watched my little dog do it. You know, I've watched him uh, either on the the dog tracking collar or sometimes if i'm close enough in person man he'll go around and it'll be a little circle of like four or five trees and he'll smell up and down all of them and then he'll pick out the one that's the hottest and that's the one he'll tree up on and that's man you know that i can't help it. that's you know that's just so fun to watch you know your dog figure that out and it's uh it, I, I don't know it's just something about that to watch him learn and and figure that out but i've also seen him and i've seen it fairly recently when i took him into an area and I talked about that a while back. It was full of pines. I had a lot of pine trees and stuff. And it was a, it was it was the middle of the day. It was like twelve thirty one o'clock, and there was nothing. It was dry. hadn't We hadn't had any rain. No, there was nothing moving. And uh, but I, I watched him in an area, you know, make just several circles and smell up and down a lot of trees and go back and forth. And it was just kind of like finally he would just pick one, but not really feel that good about it. So he would just sit down and start barking, just start treeing. And I thought, man. You're, you're just doing that to get treed because I, you yeah. can just, sometimes you can look at that tree and know, and like, there's nothing up that thing. You know, there's not a squirrel to be found, but, uh, you know, I didn't really correct him on that. I would let him bark up for just a little bit and I would just leash him up and, and take him off and, and turn him loose again. But, uh, I guess it was just that, uh, that midday, you know, and the, and I'm sure there had been something up that tree, but that time of day when it's just tough and, and squirrels are laid up and, you know, at least he can, it, and I, I'm sure that's in a competition. That's kind of what you want a dog to do is, is when it's that difficult yeah, to, exactly to make a tree. Yeah, yeah, they've got to find something. So that's uh, and that's one reason I'm I'm entering him. It's I'm just kind of wanting to get my feet wet, and uh, I tell everybody all the time, I just want to see some of these other dogs, you know, run. And that's that's so much of the competition that I'm not a dog man, but I love the sport to that point that. Uh, you know, I, I'm competition. Don't get me wrong. I love competition, but uh, win or lose, I, I want to get out there and, and see what these other dogs are bringing to the table and, and watch them go. And I'm sure you guys enjoy that too. What are some of the better dogs that you guys have been in the woods with? Um, really, I've been in the woods with um, really a lot of good ones. It's really hard to tell. Uh, have you have you guys hunted much with any of the? And I'm just naming some of them that uh, if I leave a dog out, don't crucify me, but. Uh, that you know the dogs you hear a lot about are the right now porcupine mountain dogs. Uh, uh, yeah, I've been hunting with them uh, a couple of times. I've uh, hunted with the murdered out dog and uh, a few other uh, good uh, porcupine dogs. Uh, Spike, um, to name a few, and a few more of them. Yeah, and you know you hear a lot about them, and you hear a lot about the twenty twenty dogs right now. And we talk about it every episode. You know, right now. The dog breeding right now is at a, a level and held to a standard that we've never seen before. So, you know, when it comes to going, and we talk about it, when it comes to going to these hunts, or I don't care if you're just going into the woods with your pleasure dog and, and, and meeting somebody out there, you, you don't know what you're going to get. You know, it's because it's, if, you, if you've done your homework at all and your due diligence and, and you've bought a pup uh, off of a reputable breeder that's got a good bloodline, man, you, you've got the potential to have a real a real squirrel dog on your hands and they got the breeding down to like a pat now like it seems like a lot of these dogs now are just doing it naturally at four and five months old and 
most of the time when you look back, they was like later stars. They didn't do that kind of stuff that they're doing now. It's like they just got the breeding down to a pack, like I said. Oh, yeah. You know, and we talk about that so much, too. You know, I think uh, I don't want to get this people discouraged and think that every dog starts that young uh, because I think it might like um, my buddy Tyler, who's got his, uh, his cur dog, you know, he's, let's say he just turned five months old. So he'll be six months old, uh, I think the 17th of next month. But, you know, he's not been in the woods that much. So he he's just now, he's been taken out probably since we got him or since Tyler got him. He's probably been taken out a handful of six, eight times, you know. So he's still, he's still figuring out. But you compare that to a dog that, you know, when they had him in the woods at just two months old and, and, and really a lot of game, uh, you know, that dog – has a whole lot more stimulation in front of him at an early age. So, you know, starting at that young age is relative, but these dogs certainly do have the potential that if you're putting them in the woods and, and, and you're doing your yard work and, and you're doing all the due diligence and all your, everything you can to, to put them in front of the game, that absolutely, you know, at five months old, these dogs uh, can figure a whole lot out. And, and like you said, I think it was uh, the Rambo pup, you know, started treeing and just, it's like the flip, you know, you flip the switch and next thing you know, he's out hunting. Now, are you killing any squirrels out to that pup? Uh, yeah, actually, I've killed about 10 or 12 out to him, but I didn't really want to kill too much out to him because what I've noticed with, like, young dogs and stuff, if you go killing a lot of squirrels and stuff, you have to they, – they tend to always want a squirrel instead mm-hmm. of using their nose more and working up a colder track and stuff. So mm-hmm. I try to watch what I'm doing about rewarding with squirrels. Yeah. You know, and that's – Till till I started doing this podcast, really, and or still, I'm sorry, till I started listening to podcasts, and then especially when I started doing it, that's something we talked about a lot, and uh, I'll mention it here for anybody you know getting into it. Uh, obviously, you do, especially if you're trying to get a, a young dog started. I think it's important to knock some squirrels out to it, but uh, you know, my little dog, as far as training goes, I got him when he was a year and four months old. And he, he, he had been in the woods, so he was he was definitely started. He was training his own squirrels. Uh, matter of fact, I think the, the first day I got him and took him out, uh, it was the wind was blowing. I'll exaggerate it, but it seemed like 100 miles an hour. I, I, I was afraid he was going to be blown away, but I had to take yeah. – you know how it is when you get a new dog, you're like, I, a tornado wouldn't keep me out of the woods right now. But uh, <laughs> I took him that next day. And it was a whole lot. It was a whole lot better day. But yeah, he he made his own tree at no time, and I, I knew I'd hit the jackpot then. But uh, of course, I wanted to shoot that squirrel out so bad. You know, I, I just wanted to get that squirrel out to him. But this year, it just worked out the place that I take him. You know, it's it, I don't get to do that, but uh, it's not hurt him at all because I've noticed he's able. He hunts his tail off for me, and uh, I'm not shooting many squirrels out to him at all right now. But uh, he he still loves it because his thing is 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 me praising him. You know, when we get to the tree, of course he's a small dog. I can pick him up and hug him up, make over him, and he just eats that up. And so, you know, yeah. as far as shooting the squirrel out, just like when that other pup uh, caught the squirrel, you know, he really didn't care about it. It, it, it. To him, he just went back to the tree, and as long as I'm there praising him up and 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 letting him know he's doing a good job, that's kind of his reward. You know, and don't get me wrong, when I shoot the squirrel out, he loves that too, but. Uh, I think, uh, you know, and I think I heard somebody else say every dog's a little different. Some dogs really want that and need that. And if that's what they yeah. need, then you need to do that. But now it's not all dogs need that. They, they, their reward, you know, maybe you praising them up and, 
and tell them they did a good job. I have, uh, talking about that, I have had some, like, older dogs and stuff. Like, it just really depends on the attitude of a dog. I've seen some, you know, you couldn't get no squirrels out to, and they just shut down on you. They just, yeah. they wouldn't operate. Yeah. And, but, like, Rambo and stuff, and, and Sister, it, it really don't matter. They they like it and enjoy it. They don't need squirrels killed to them. Mm-hmm. But, like you said, every dog's different. Yeah. And, you know, you said you had some older dogs, too. It makes me wonder about, the, you know, the breeding, if it's not, not leading that way. Uh, because we talk about that, you know, all the time, how much the breeding has changed. But uh, I just think that's important. You know, you do want to shoot the squirrels out, but it's it, the game's not over. If especially if you're if you're trying to shoot the squirrels out and you can't find them in the tree, I mean, you want to make sure your dog's not slick treeing. But uh, at the same time, if you have to uh, if you have to pull him off the tree and walk away, you know, it's that's not necessarily a bad thing as long as you pet him up and. And tell him he did a good job, and he knows he did the right thing. Take him away and cut him loose again. That's that he he's still do, he's still doing his thing. Just because you can't find the squirrel, it's not the end of the world. Real quick, is there anything you uh, you guys want to hit on? I, I I stink at some of these uh, questions, but is there anything you guys want to cover? Um, yeah, I, I'll cover. Uh, a lot of people have asked us uh, why we went to cur dogs, like had hounds and face and stuff, and. I was just going to cover that for the people that wanted to know. Absolutely, yeah. If you can, take a minute and explain. Because I'm curious myself, because you started out with the Feist, and uh, the reason I stick with the Feist dogs is because that's what I started out with as a kid. You know, um, my dad and my, I tell it, my great uncle, and then they always had the Feist dogs, and so that's just what I've stuck with. And I'll, I'll say real quick, I did dip my toes in the Kerr uh, world here uh, about four years ago. But the one I got was Kerr Hound Mix, and um, she, when I would cut her loose at about five months old, she would hit a new zip code in about ten seconds, and you couldn't, I could not. It, it was, it it was literally get in the truck and drive and go find her, and you know she just, it just didn't work out between me and her. But uh, yeah, I'm really curious to to hear about why you guys, uh, you you guys settled on the Kerr dogs. Well. Uh... We, we first started out with the Kerr dog, and uh, that was our very first dog, uh, Reba, and we really liked her a lot and stuff, and uh, we uh, campaigned her some in NKC and uh, made her a Grand Squirrel Champion in KC and stuff, and we went to the Feist Dogs. Uh, we got a Danny. Uh, we pleasure hunted the last um, three, four years when we first got uh, these squirrel dogs, and um uh, what uh, really drove us to a feist dog was their size and stuff and an easier handle uh, mm-hmm. where I have uh, trouble with my leg and stuff. And we started hunting the feist dogs and stuff. But the only thing I've noticed with the feist dogs was where our game is scarce and stuff. Um, they didn't really operate because, you know, most feist dogs, they need game to operate right, you mm-hmm. know, because uh, they're a hotter nose type dog. And we just didn't have the game for a feist dog. And, where we live at too, uh, it's really steep terrain and, uh, it might take 20 minutes or longer sometimes when they get in there deep, like six, 700 yards away. And they just, they wouldn't stay treed because time you walked up the, you, you know, the hill, like 20 minutes taking your time and stuff. And that squirrel would bail out in timber and your dogs on the other side of the mountain retreat another three, 400 deeper. And mm-hmm. it just didn't work out. So, uh, we moved to the, uh, we wanted something a little bit like uh, a louder mouth and stuff mm-hmm. than a cur, and we thought maybe we'd try a tree and cur, 
and uh, we tried the trend curves, and uh, the ones that we had the trend curves, they just they hunted too hard. Like I, I think, in my opinion, they was passing up squirrels, but mm-hmm. some people say they don't. But they just had way too much gear. Yeah, and uh, the hounds, we had a couple of hounds we tried on squirrels, but their their nose was just too strong to be a squirrel dog. Mm-hmm. Um, some people will say a hound tree squirrels, but I personally had. Um, eight to ten of them, and I've never and I've been hunting with a lot of hounds, like in NSD and stuff. And me, in my personal opinion, I've I've never seen a hound tree a squirrel, but mm. I'm sure there's some that may could, but yeah, it, it's a rare thing. A lot a lot of people they tell me when I first got into it, you'll always end up going back with what you first started with, and now I kind of believe that because I'm back to cur dogs now, and that's what I first <laughs> started with, so. I re- I think that's the true saying about it. Yeah, 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 and, and I think a lot of it too is it's. You was talking about the different dogs. It's and we talk about this, but just because you have you you have a, a litter of six dogs, um, and you but now with the breeding you do see it more now that all six dogs may make a may make a a good squirrel dog, but each dog is its own individual, and it's you know not every dog is going to be the same way, so you. You're always going to have those people that do get the the hounds or, or or whatever dog it may be that you know does exactly what they need you know what they need it to do. But uh, that's 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 you, like you said, you go back to what you you started with, and that's I would I've never been a dog breeder, but you know the little dog I have now and, and the feist dog I, I I'm really passionate about these dogs, and I would just I would love to see the day come when the the mountain feist is. Uh, is super competitive in these hunts, and they, I know we have some of them that are. But yeah, it's it's whatever you like, you know. To, it's to each their own. Just because, uh, you know, people hunting with the cur dogs, or whether it's a tree and cur or a feist or a tree and feist, it don't matter because if if that's the dog you want to hunt over, and that's the dog you're having a good time with, and that's that's the dog you need to pack to the woods. And, and I will have to say, like um, I've seen good in every breed. Like um, I've seen some really nice tree and curs and stuff. It, it really just depends on the dog and mm-hmm. how it was trained and things like that. There's really no preference in the breeding. They all, uh, are, well, besides the hound, but mm-hmm. they're all basically the kind of the same hunt and stuff. The only thing is you can summon a little hotter nose and more eyes and ears like a face and stuff like that. Just different little traits here and there, but they're mostly all kind of the same. Yeah. Now, you're both Rambo and sister are original mountain curve. Am I right? Yes, sir. They are okay. Now, are they? Do they have? Uh, and I'm not. I'm not too familiar with this, so I don't want to misspeak on it. But do they? Are they have any? Is it Legacy Mountain Current? Are they any part of that? Uh, no, sir. Uh, they didn't actually uh, get an LMC program. Uh, I think uh, Rambo's dad was, or something like that. But his mom was in the LMC program, okay. so he couldn't get into it. Okay. Yeah, I think that's that's. Uh, I, I, I'll have to bring that up on another episode and then let somebody speak on that. And I think maybe somebody already did. I can't remember who it was, but, uh, for those of you listening at legacy mountain Kerr, I think it's basically, and you guys may know more about it than I do, but it basically assures the pedigree of that dog. Am I right? More to do with the DNA and the, and yes, the sir. yeah. And also it gives the opportunity, like, uh, how you got the OMCBA hunt. So like her only, it gives a program for, uh, Kerr Pacific hunts like for the OMCBA dogs to attend NSD open hunts 
but still be a cur-only event with other cur dogs. Okay. Yeah, like I said, I don't know a whole lot about it, but uh, yeah, thank you for explaining it. I, I couldn't, I couldn't, I knew it had a lot to do with the bloodline and basically ensuring that what you're getting was a purebred OMCBA dog and keeping track of all that. That's awesome. I've been hoping they'd reopen it, but um, the president of NSD, he said that they wasn't going to reopen the program up for the, like the dogs like Rambo and stuff that's on CBA to get them into the program, but mm-hmm. I think it would be a good thing if they did to get more attendance and stuff, but. Yeah. Well, you never know. It's very possible that may happen. Well, guys, if you don't care, uh, I want to holler at you real quick when we get done. But uh, I thank you guys so much for for being on here. And, guys, if you're listening, be sure to check out the Milan Brothers on Facebook. They've got uh, two great dogs. You're going to see if you see Sister and Rambo on there, you guys turning out some good videos with them and doing some great things. And we absolutely wish you the best of luck. But, like I said, if you don't care, hang on real quick while we end the podcast. And, everybody, thank you so much for listening. And be sure to tune in next week. And God bless you. Guys, thanks for listening. Please take time to follow me on Facebook and Instagram. And tune in next week for another show of Treat Up Podcast.